Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? <laughs> exactly. God. Um. We're recording this on Sunday evening, and I'm I am spent, Sam Delaney. I've got mm. to say, I'm spent from an incredible afternoon of sport. And none of it was football. No football, and yet high drama and excitement high drama all the way. Of the most extreme kind. I mean, um, I watched the I watched the cricket from eleven o'clock this morning. I know you opted for the tennis and then switched yeah. to the cricket later on, but it, it's all yeah. been absolutely top. I, I watched a bit. I watched a bit of cricket. I was at my mum's. I was watching a bit of cricket with my brother, and then we came home. And my wife was watching the tennis, so I watched that, and that was mm-hmm. just unbelievable. I mean, you just thought it was going to go on all night. <laughs> and and then it was time to perfection, because <laughs> the moment that the tennis ended, I flicked over, and he was literally lining up the first ball of the super over. <laughs> He's the super over, yeah. And you I had just enough time to quickly call my brother, who's at his house by this point, and say to him, Quickly explain what a super over is to me. <laughs> he, he explained it to me quick enough for it to be just as the first ball was being bowled by the New Zealand yeah. bowler, who, by the way, looked exactly like Stuart Downing. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> Didn't notice that, no. Right. And um, quickly explained it to Len. Yeah. And, you know, within, what, 15 minutes, it took like those two overs to happen. It. We'd gone from not knowing what a super over was. Yeah. To literally, well, Len for one was running around the living room screaming with joy <laughs> when when uh, we won it. So yeah, it was tremendously exciting. What a day! What and if you a don't day. know what it is, it's it's like an over, but it's super. Yeah, and that's basically it. And it made me think this is brilliant for all sports. You could have a super yeah. goal, couldn't you? Couldn't you have Somehow, a super goal? All all sports can be supered up if we put our minds to it. I think. What I always thought was was that hmm, it would be amazing if we could invent something whereby if a wi- that you had a special ball that if it went in and it was the winning goal, mm. or say if it was a player's hat trick, when the ball hit the net for the hat trick, it exploded, yeah, yeah. and it, and like sort of ticker tape and glitter yeah, went glitter. everywhere. It's exactly what should happen, yeah. And similarly in cricket. I think that when someone hits a six, when it gets in the sky, the ball explodes and it in a fire and spins yeah. and makes a b- massive, gigantic six in the sky in yeah. fireworks. Yeah, it's only a, it's only a matter of months away. I think. I mean, they have just jazz cricket right up because when someone knocks the stumps over uh, or knocks the bales off, they light up. So you know yeah. they're, they're getting there. It's only a matter Fucking of time hell. before gl- glittering sixes. Of uh, of firework just fucking... goes to show. It doesn't matter football. Doesn't matter if football's not on. You can get a lot of excitement. And do you know what I was thinking while I was watching? I was thinking, "What a great day of sport." And then I thought to myself, 
How long is it before we get televised coins? Oh, well, we, Coin well, we got it, haven't we? Well, we've got, the, we've got Ben Shepard's show. Yeah. But I want Even it professional. More, yeah, I want it like international tournaments. People yeah. coming from all over the world. I was thinking Barry Davis or someone could do fantastic Sam, commentary. It, there's me, there's you, there's coins and there's YouTube. It, anything's mm. possible. It doesn't need to start out on terrestrial television, but the, it'll end up the there. Big, the big Dutchman. Yeah. <laughs> Klaus <laughs> von Werder. He's, um, he's been coining since the age of 14. And here he is on the biggest stage of them all. He approaches the coins using, of course, the famous Dawson technique which yeah. was originally devised in the northeast of England, but is very popular amongst Dutch coiners. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. Well, it It'd can't be, great, be hard to it? rent out a, a coin space for a day. I think, do you think we need someone like Barry Hearn to get involved, though? Not straight away. I think we can do it ourselves. Okay. I think we can do it ourselves. And obviously for the IFS subscribers. We'll have working on the side from morning till night. That's living all right. All right. We'll, That's li- we'll yeah. just stand uh, up if you love the coins. Stand <laughs> up if you love the coins. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll rent one of those ones that's got three on each side, so we can have six players playing at once. Coins World Cup. Yeah. Some fucking mad Latino coin dropper from yeah. uh, from Buenos Aires. R- rubber fingered. Yeah, and he's Dawson got like a, he's he's got a fucking big black ponytail and a moustache, <laughs> and he wears a vest, right? <laughs> String vest, and he's f- fucking firing coins in in ways that we haven't seen because he learnt on the beach. He's a bit like John Turturro in uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah, but he's, but yeah, he's yeah. not a pederast. And then there's American as well. There'll be some sort of t- mad Texan guy in a fucking big Stetson yeah. coming in. You know, I've, I've been raised on coins, boy. Yeah. Maybe, this is maybe, coin in Texas style. I'm going to school you, boy. A pair of mute twins as well. <laughs> Where are they from? <laughs> I don't know. Romford. <laughs> <laughs> and here they are. The mute twins from Romford's. <laughs> you read each other's minds. Shirley and Lorraine. <laughs> Driven here by their father, also a mute, um, a retired coin coin man himself. Speaking of coins, uh, just a tweet just come in here four minutes ago from Big Northern. I'll, day two in Devon, finally on the coins in what he's described as possibly the worst arcade in the UK. There are 10 two pence machines only two of them are working and none of them are giving out tickets he suggests that it might be Millwall sounds very much like it will be two Millwall stretched yeah the tentacles of Millwall stretch where is he Devon Devon yeah yeah I mean you just never know you know I've been on my hiking weekend in the South Downs and I would say that on the walk with my cousin which yesterday Saturday we did not joking we were out 10 hours on the walk Fucking yomping around. Yomping around. And during that time, he's a a gooner. Right. During that time, I would say that we cited suspected Millwall activity (laughs) out in the South Downs. (laughs) On many occasions. About at least a dozen times. (laughs) And of course... It's a state of mind, isn't it? Millwall. Well, we had to to be very vigilant the whole way round. (laughs) We were going through... We were everywhere from undulating hills 
wheat fields, mm. a big forest. At one point, we climbed a white cliff. Wow. And uh, country lanes, small villages, everything. everything. Every type of landscape you can imagine. Yeah. We traversed. And at every turn, we knew that there was every... We never... What we did was we carefully, we studiously never dropped our guard because we knew Millwall could be anywhere. We One of the best bits on the walk was we encountered... Oh, fucking hell, mate. We encountered this dead badger. Oh. Right? And, of course, I'd only been telling him the day before about my badger combat technique with the rye beaters. Yeah. yeah. So we'd been doing some badger chat anyway. Next thing we know is if it was a sign from God, we go, one. what's that in the distance? We're walking along a quiet country lane. This badger, mate, it was dead. You could tell it was a badger, though, because it's, well, its head was still sort of intact, you know, its stripy mm. badger head. But the eye, oh, I can hardly bring myself to tell you, the eyes were gone. Pecked out. The rest of the body was sort of in a two and eight, to say the yeah. least, right? And there was an army a fucking legion of maggots devouring this badger corpse. Well... And and the stench was sickening. But I said, don't go near it, because he wanted to take a picture and maybe prod it with a stick or what have mm. you. know, the shit you want to do when you see roadkill. Obviously, kill. yeah. And I said, Natural be careful. Reaction. Be careful. It could be a trick. This is no the one. sort of shit that... This is the sort of thing... You know, like, in Return of the Jedi, when... <laughs> They're in Endor, and Chewie sees that sort of bag of meat hanging from a tree. Yeah. And he goes, fuck, you know, I'm having that. Because yeah. Chewie is always hungry. He's always after the and meat, isn't he? He, th- he thinks with his stomach, and he just goes for that bit of meat. And some, I think Luke goes, Chewie, no! And he fucking goes for it, and then they just get... Suddenly, they're in an Ewok trap. Yeah. The Ewoks are very like Millwall, if you think about it. And... um <laughs> They're all caught in a big net hanging from a tree, the lot of them. Which is quite weird because, you know, Luke's supposed to be a Jedi. How the fuck did he fall for, like, one of the most basic fucking traps you well, can get? He, he shouted a warning, but it was too late when he was dealing with the fucking Wookiee. Yeah. So he was hamst- so hamstrung it, by a Wookiee. It was a bit... I was very mindful of that sort of situation, so we, yeah. we didn't go near it. And then do on the way back... Do you think that, that Millwall had heard the podcast about the Badgers and had then planted a rotting badger corpse as a trap yeah. for you they made a they made a few calls around south london put the word out how we're, easy is it put the word out. we're looking for some badger corpses yeah but not just badger corpses like old badger corpses that are maggot riddled yeah you can't you can't get one of the hands on one of them in 48 hours can you no but what they can do is go and get a fresh badger kill it just with a bash over the head or drug yeah. it yeah hit it with um, a book and then Get a load of maggots, which you can easily get down the fishing tackle shop. Yeah. And just fucking let them loose on this badger yeah. corpse. I suppose so. Yeah. My uh, my cousin told me that he had a mate who... I can't fucking remember. Uh, his mate owned a Kestrel, which in itself is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Have you ever known anyone who owned a Kestrel? Uh, just a domestic Kestrel? Um, I've seen them around. When I was growing up, you'd always see someone who had one. That might be a North of England thing. Really? Oh, you'd, there'd always be someone local who would have a bird of prey, yeah. This is remind me of something. Well, they were, One they of were my... always loners, obviously. Yeah, yeah. well, they'd seen Kez and they just thought, yeah. best friend, I don't need human friends, best friend I, a, a bike can have a is a bird. Yeah. My, um, 
when I was doing drive time on talk radio, no lie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was interviewing Ian Duncan Smith on the blower, and actually the um, the very talented broadcaster and nice bloke John Holmes, who we both uh, yeah familiar with. He was on the show before me, and when we did the handover bit, he said, "What you got coming out?" And I said, "I've got Ian Duncan Smith." <laughs> and I said, "He said, oh, that'd be great." And I said, "All right, give me a question for him, and I'll chuck it in." And John Holmes said, "Ask him what his favourite animal is." <laughs> so I said, "All right, I will." So then Duncan Smith comes on. He's quite a humorless, pompous man. Very much so, yeah. And uh, cunt, cunt. so, yeah, yeah. So I did the uh, interview, you know. Why did you in? Why did you fucking? Why? Why did you fuck with the benefit system and kill loads of disabled people, etc.? Good question. Little bit about Brexit, and right at the end, I said, uh, "Just got one last question from my colleague, John Holmes. He'd like to know what your favourite animal is." And Ian Duncan Smith went, "Ah!" And there was a long pause because they're not used to being asked fucking bollocks, you know. And I went. And he went, well, to be honest, I, I like all animals. I'm a big fan of dogs. I, I had a cat when I was younger, which I was fond of. I, I like a whole array of animals, but I would uh, I'd probably, if pushed, I would, I would probably have a hawk of some kind. <laughs> and I went, I said, yeah, but you can't keep a hawk as a domestic pet, can you? And he went, well, I believe they can actually be trained and domesticated. And I Jesus. went, is that right? I said, how do you do that? He said, I myself have never done it, but it can be done. Yeah, and I went, all right, Ian Duncan Smith, thanks for your time. Yeah, he knows more than that. he's letting on. Uh, no, it was mysterious. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, this bloke, he owned a hawk, and I think he liked to, I mean, I, th- I can't remember, I think he liked, he liked to get rabbits for the hawk to hunt on, right? Right. And in order to ca- or to feed on, and in order to catch the rabbits, this is really horrible. He would get stoats. I don't know where he acquired the stoats from. Mm. And he'd and he'd put the stoats down rabbit holes, and the stoats would chase the rabbits out, and then the hawk would catch the rabbits. <laughs> I mean, again, a Nor- you as a northern man might find all of this normal. This is like jaw dropping yeah, stuff to it's me. It's going on I around mean, the corner from me right now. That. I couldn't fucking believe it. And also, I just thought, oh, my God, the savagery of nature. I know it goes on, and I know I can't intervene, but I really don't like thinking about it, let alone watching it. Anyway, he said, but sometimes these stoats, they get released down there, and they're surprised because they're expecting rabbits. But when they get down there, and this is, by the way, another Millwall parallel between badgers and Millwall, it's like they get down there, all right, like, wakey, wakey, rabbits. It's us, the stoats. You better get fucking moving because we're here to disrupt it. We're here to disrupt things and mess up your home. And they run down there, the little cunts, right, to chase down the hole, and they get a nasty surprise because they go, oh, wakey, wakey, rabbits. And then they just see a big fucking badger, and he's like, there ain't no rabbits here, son. It's just us badgers. Because apparently the badgers go into the rabbit holes and either chase them off or kin them. Yeah. And he goes... Sometimes, and, and the man, the hawk man, he said, I'd release my stoat down the rabbit hole. Mm. And then you would just hear, the, he said, the most chilling, sickening noise you have ever heard. And you know, oh no, there's a badger down there. And the badger would eviscerate the stoat. Fucking hell. In seconds. There would be nothing left. No bones, no dental records, anything. Jesus Christ. It'd like you'd put him through one of those Nutribullets. 
right? Yeah. And drunk him as a smoothie. Still ended. So that is, you know, badgers are not nice creatures at all. I um, think when you come across a dead one as well, you're supposed to um, you're supposed to inform Brian May from Queen. But he is the the badger laureate of Britain. The, at the he moment. is, yeah, he's all over them. The funniest bit of the story to do with this badger, stoat, hawk, rabbit axis <laughs> that I this is the sort of shit we were talking about on our hike real countryman talk right yeah uh, it was really authentic and uh, he goes yeah and my mate said my mate said to me at the time <laughs> you know he went I tell you what badgers are fucking aggressive dangerous creatures and all I can say is it's a good job that they don't grow to the size of horses because Fuck. if they did We'd be in trouble. We'd all be fucked, wouldn't we? And I suppose that's, yeah. I mean, it's a good thought, isn't it? Thank God badgers aren't the size of horses. Yeah, if badgers were horses, that would be a good film. That would be a good good premise for a James Bond film if there was a mad, the baddie was like a mad scientist who was breeding horse-sized badgers and training them. Yeah. Um, Can I read, before we go any further, can I just read verbatim a story from today's Sunday Sport? Yeah. I've tweeted it on, on social media. It's gone down quite well, but I think I should just read it for for posterity, really. Headline is, Monkey bummed by ghost of Jacko is hooked mm. on internet bingo. Wow. And it, it's all there, isn't it? It's um, got, it, got the lot. When he was alive, pop paedophile Michael Jackson preyed on young boys. In death, mm. his ghost took to bumming innocent little monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and today, we can report the very real cost to his simian victim's mental health. For monkey fan Steve Gibson's primate pal Lucius has been reduced to a gibbering wreck, hopelessly addicted to online bingo. (laughs) Steve bought Lucius from a traveller four years ago and has spent months ridding the macaque of his viler habits. But after being bummed up his little monkey arse by the unquiet spirit of Jackson, (laughs) Lucius was a changed creature. Steve of League Staffs shuddered. I'd read in Sunday's Sport that there were cases of monkeys in captivity being bummed by Michael Jackson's ghost. But I never <laughs> But I never thought it would happen to my poor Lucius. One night it did, and it changed him forever. First oh he was just quiet God. and went off his bananas. But then I secretly then I found he was secretly playing online bingo for cash. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, being a monkey, he had no money of his own, so he ran up huge debts in my name. I've bailed him out three times now to the tune of more than 80 quid a pop. <laughs> oh, no. He says, oh, that's a huge that. amount for a ruddy monkey. <laughs> Naturally, I'm angry, but I don't blame Lucius. He's only become addicted to online bingo because the ghost mm-hmm. of Michael Jackson bummed him. He's a victim, yeah. Dead or not, I hate that that... I hate that bastard Jackson and all those mad fans who defend him and metaphorically bumming my little Lucius all over again, the sick fuckers. (laughs) 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 Fucking hell. And it adds at the bottom there, in 2013, Sunday Sport was the first British newspaper to report news that the ghost of Thriller Nonce Jackson was bumming monkeys. Thriller Nonce. Thriller Nonce. (laughs) We told how the hit parade pervert spirit had bummed a monkey belonging to Brian Claus of Crew Cheshire. There it well, is. Well, uh, that really, there's, there's a bit of a saddening tone, really, to this to today's um, podcast. <laughs> you know, what with badgers and stoats and ghosts bumming yeah. monkeys. It's horrible. Yeah. Jalapeño. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. I can tell you a couple of other things that are more positive or interesting. Well, first of all, just a quick update from Earth Tournament. Oh, yeah, good. You, you know, uh, good news from the England camp. They're all back in England now because obviously oh, they've course. got about a month. Yeah to do whatever they do before flying back for the final in late August. Um, uh, Reddy, the keeper, as you remember last week, reported that he had a severe bout of the shits. Yeah. And there was some concern. Well, he himself had told Jeffrey Skate that it felt like a six-weeker. It felt it was a six-weeker, yeah. And so we were worried about his availability for the final. And he's obviously a crucial member of the side. Good news. It's cleared up completely. Oh, fantastic. So as long as he looks after himself between now and late August, he should be ready to face the team in the final. Do you want to know who we're facing the final? Do you remember who's in the other semi? Uh, Indonesia and is it Tunisia? Morocco. Morocco. Okay. Well, it's a bit of a surprise in this one, mate. Go on. Morocco 2, Indonesia 1. Jesus. Indonesia took the lead. And then you remember Al Bundy, mm-hmm. their star man, yep. back in the team, scored a brace, put Morocco into their first Earth Tournament final. Wow. So I thought this was going to be Indonesia's all the way. So I'm did I. About that. Even more now, you're feeling like football's coming home, aren't you? Because Definitely. England faced Morocco who were rank outsiders, everyone, all, all the favourites fell away. In the end, everyone thought Indonesia were the ones going all the way. Now even they've fallen away, so England just need to overcome. Uh, don't get me wrong, Morocco are there on merit. Hmm. You know, they've, they've defeated some pretty fearsome foes along the they way. Have. They've obviously got something about them, and in our yeah. Bundy, they've got some a game-changer. We, we, we can't underestimate them, that's for sure. We can't. But, um, we can't be underestimating them, but at the same time, hmm. I look at the two teams... And I think, I I genuinely think we're going to have too much for them. And I think we as a nation are buzzing from the Cricket World Cup. And yeah. if we can carry that on for another six weeks and hopefully none of us get the shits, Keep then, the party uh, spirit possible. going. Yeah. So my message to you, the Cunters, and, and really everyone in the country, is just let's make this the greatest sport in summer in, in British history, in English history. <laughs> just keep up the good vibes. Um the, the date of the final, I can't remember it. It's the third Saturday in August. Um, so, <laughs> you know, between now and then, oh, there might not be a lot to report. I'll, but... I'll be on holiday. Well, listen, I might be able to get us tickets. So, <laughs> cancel the holiday I'll, then. I'll keep you posted. You might have to jump on a flight to Mexico from wherever you are on holiday and just problem. leave the kids on their own. Yeah. 
I'll do that. Um, so that's good news. Uh, on my hike, a lot of things happen. I'm not going to take up the whole podcast. I'll probably I'll probably drop some more stories from my adventures in the South Downs okay. through you, the rest you, of the you week. Mentioned, you mentioned in a text earlier you had a Lewis Collins story. A Lewis in, Collins story. Not as in Louis Collins, who you're not allowed to talk about anymore, but as not in Louis, Louis Collins, Collins from the Mr. professionals. Yeah. Lewis Collins from the professionals. Uh, Did you come across him at the weekend? Well, we were. my cousin told me at one point, quite casually, because when you're walking for 10 hours... You have to make sure that you've got enough to talk about. Yeah. Luckily, my cousin is a, sort of similar to me. In fact, at times on this holiday, this little mini break, <laughs> I felt by comparison quite quiet, sort of a taciturn, low volume kind of a character, right? I find that hard to imagine, but yeah, carry on. Well, you haven't <laughs> met my cousin. He said... <laughs> We were on the beach, right? It's halfway point. We'd got all the way to the coast and we were by these big white cliffs. And I lay out, I got an ordnance survey map, mate, which felt fantastic, as you can imagine. Yeah. Laying it all out on the beach, having a look at what our route back would be. Was, was there no Wi Fi? No, well. Oh, you were trying to do it to, old school, were you? No, to be honest, the Google map is useful in some ways, but it's not enough because it doesn't have the detail of the trails. Uh, see yeah. what I mean? Doesn't There's wide open like... spaces unoccupied yeah. by roads and they don't really show you any routes through that. It cannot so be need... mapped by robots. It, it can't be mapped. So it's useful to use in tandem with the map because it will t- tell you where you are Yeah, and then you refer to you the refer, map anyway. You, you this is technical map. shit, mate. You can tell I'm pretty hardcore now. So I'll I'm not going to bore you with my hiking detail. We were talking about this, you know, the pub that I stayed in, that we stayed in, was a, uh, It's it's got certificates on the wall for being Britain's most um, druid-friendly pub. You said that, yeah. Because we were right by the long man of Wilmington, which is that it- huge fucking bloke drawn out of chalk on a hill. Oh, yeah. Has he got a cock? Not the one with the cock. Not the one with the cock. I don't right. know where he is. I think he might be in another part of the country. This is okay. the cockless man, the cockless yep. man of, Wim- of Wilmington. <laughs> So, of course, when we got there on Friday night, first thing we did was go and have a look at him. And then right. said, oh, it's not the one with the cock then. Yeah, fuck this. Come on, let's go back there. I saw, <laughs> I saw a dead badger up the road. That's a lot ask, more fun. Ask them in the pub if they know where the man with the cock is. We went back and the bloke, there were right fucking characters in this pub, all the people who worked there. And the bloke who was the landlord was a self-styled character. <laughs> and he... First of all, he put my back up because he'd given us directions to the long man and he said it would take about an hour. He must have been fucking mad because we got up there in about 20 minutes, had a look around, mm. came back. He went, all right, lads, where'd you go in the end? I said, we've been up the long man. He went, what, you've actually been up to it? I said, I've got so close I f- could fucking touch him. They if went, he'd had a cock, you- I would have given a stroke. <laughs> he went, that can't be right. You've only been gone about half an hour. <laughs> I went, well, we're not lying, are we, mate? I thought my cousin was like, well, come on, let's calm it down. Because I'm thinking, what a cunt. What would I lie about fucking walking up to the long man for? Anyway, yeah. I thought, don't get carried Cold away. We're here, for the, we're here for the whole weekend. He's, only, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe he doesn't know people who can walk as fast as us, right? Yeah. City people. <laughs> we, we were doing a, the Cockney <laughs> strut, weren't we? They course, don't get yeah. a lot of that. We were doing the Cockney yeah. strut up there. With your thumbs and, uh, in between your, your, yeah, your braces. braces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We were doing that, right? Um, oi, oi! <laughs> oi, what's all this then? 
<laughs> well, all right, all right, son. Where's your cock gone? <laughs> where's your mate that with me. the cock? <laughs> anyway, he goes. We started asking him about the druids. We go, Did you get a lot of druids in? And he goes, Oh yeah, all the time. And I said. What do they uh, tend to drink? He went, oh, it's a nightmare. They all have hot chocolates. You'll get fucking 20 druids all coming at once and they all order hot chocolate. You've got to make a big fucking... As soon as they walk in, the druids, I say to matey boy, pointing at barman, go on, get a big vat of hot chocolate on the go. You know what they're like. The druids are and, in. Oh, and he's literally going, and let me tell you, then the barman goes, let me tell you, all druids eat is cheesy chips. It's all they have, cheesy chips. I know. I don't even wait for them to order. I go straight into the kitchen. I say to the chef, fucking get the cheesy hell. chips on the go. we got a load of fucking druids out there. Right? <laughs> you know, so chocolate. <laughs> yeah, get the art chocolate on the go and the fucking cheesy chips. You know what they're like. Right? They're all here to go and look at the cutlass man. And they want and they want cheesy chips inside them before they do so. So I'm going, we're having a bit of a laugh. And we're going, have you got a special druids menu? Can we see the druid menu, right? And he goes, I know you're just having a laugh, lads. But they're good, they're good lads, really. In fact, I catered a massive fucking, um, massive druid wedding a couple of years back. It was the best event I've ever been involved in. So we went, oh, yeah, what was it like? Well, he proceeded to tell us the most long, meandering and bullshit-ridden, tedious story that was completely fabricated a, mm. about a druid wedding that he had organised, right, this yeah. geezer. And there was all sorts of lies in it. He was going, you went down there, me and the missus, we laid down all of this food. He went, there was bloody, they were all naked. They were <laughs> frolicking around. Suddenly I hear something rushing past. It's a bunch of bloody kids, pagan kids, on a motorised Chesterfield, Chesterfield sofa, <laughs> whizzing all over the field. I'm looking at my cousin. My cousin goes, fuck me, it's not bed knobs and broomsticks. <laughs> anyway, I won't tell you the full story because, like I say, it was quite boring. But uh, we were talking about it the next day on the wall and I said, it's a fucking boring story. You better not try that again tonight because I said, mm. that like ate up an hour of our time last night. I don't want to hear any more about this. I, I said, I'm going to say something in this song. I'm going to say, look, we don't want to hear any more about the Druid wedding, mate. And he went, yeah, I mean... It's not like a fucking story about, like, Lewis Collins, for instance, is it? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, I've got a brilliant story about Lewis Collins that I've been saving for the way back that I'm going to tell you. <laughs> saving I for mean, the way back. You're going to want to hear that. And I said, not only do I want to hear that, I almost immediately have a policy of I only want to hear stories about Lewis Collins. In fact, yeah. when I walk into a pub in future, if he starts talking about druids, I'll go, listen, mate, you got any stories about Lewis Collins? Because if you haven't, I'm not interested. <laughs> So it's great. On the way back, when we're a bit tired, we're getting a bit thirsty, we've been on the road for a long time, I go, mate, tell me about this Lewis Collins thing. He said, well, when I was a kid at school, he said, um, my one of my best mates at school, his older brother um, was one of the main organisers of the Lewis Collins fan club, oh, which was start. quite a big, thriving organisation at the time. Because yeah. we're talking early 80s, the professionals was in its prime, plus... He had recently starred in Who Dares Wins, his SAS yeah. film, which I intend to return to very, very soon. Because so, uh, this fella just set it up himself, unofficial. I think he set it up unofficial, but it grew. Yeah, because you could do that they, then, couldn't you? Yeah, we could do it again. Yeah. Except I think Lewis Collins is dead now. Is he? Oh. Yeah, doesn't mean we can't be fans of his. But of course not. You better, t you better double check that. I'll do that now. But anyway, carry on. He um. 
goes, yeah, he organized a few events, right? He would organize like, you know, occasional events where all of the Lewis Collins fans would congregate somewhere, you know, a business hotel, something like that. And they would usually have a special guest. And the guest would usually be someone who'd like written four episodes of The Professionals yeah. in 1982. And he'd yeah. come and give like an hour's talk about what it was like working on The Professionals. Give him 30 right? quid. Yeah, give him 30 quid. And they're like, yeah, you know, everyone goes home happy. They come, <laughs> maybe they trade a few professionals, the items, paraphernalias yeah. with one another. I don't know. Anyway, right. On this particular one, it had been going for quite a while and it had, it had grown bigger and sort of earned some legitimacy, right? And um, the, the bloke, the usual, whoever it was who was supposed to begin to talk, gets up, starts delivering like a welcome speech. And about five minutes in, you hear like a, a motor car screech up, right, really loudly outside. <laughs> and there's a big glass wall, right? And Lewis <laughs> Collins comes smashing through the wall. <laughs> Through the glass. You know, like the car goes through the glass at the beginning of the professionals. Yeah. It's him. And he goes, smash. And he pulls out a replica gun and goes, everybody get down. <laughs> and it's fucking not a lookalike. It's actually Lewis it's Collins. Man. And everyone's Jesus. like, Whoa. and some people are going, eh, and celebrating. Other people are jumping on the ground because he's done it so, obviously he's a brilliant yeah. actor. He's convincing. Anyway. This story is legend. It, you know, it was told to my cousin years ago at school and he thought it was hilarious, but he also did think bit far-fetched. Could it be true? Turns out they'd organised it specially and they'd had a, a sugar glass wall built for Jesus. Lewis Collins to smash through with his replica gun to surprise yeah. all these fans, right? And he's like, yeah, it sounds... Like anyway, years later, my cousin got a job on local paper down in Canterbury, which is near where he lived, right? And... Um, what? And every year he had to cover the panto at the local theatre. Right. And one year, guess who, in the 90s, I would say, guess who rocks up because he's playing fucking Captain Hook at Canterbury Theatre that year? That's Stoops right. Collins. Lewis fucking Collins. <laughs> so they get to spend some sort of press day with Lewis Collins and the rest of the cast, right? But Lewis Collins is easily the big star attraction. And my cousin can't believe it. He's a lifelong Lewis Collins fan, aren't we all? We all are. Right. Yeah, of course. I go... Tell me he was wearing a polar neck. He went, I'm not fucking joking. You know, obviously I was praying, but I thought it was too much to ask that he would turn up in a polar neck. He not only turned up in a polar neck, he turned up in a polar neck with a tweed sports jacket over the top of it. <laughs> so I'm like, this is fucking, this is peak Lewis Collins, yeah. right? He said towards the end of the day, after he'd done a few sort of standard questions about why he loved doing Panto and why he loved Canterbury and all that, he sidled up to him and they're having a drink and he's gone, Lewis. Because I think it was a press day, there was other journalists there. Oh no, that was it. He got introduced to him at one point and he said, my cousin's name's Bruce. And the bloke from the theatre said, oh, Lewis, this is uh, Bruce. He's a journalist. And Bruce had a pen protruding from his top pocket <laughs> and he went, I know that. I saw the pen. <laughs> 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 well, good detective work. Right. So Lewis Collins is just going around his civilian life taking the yeah. piss. Yeah, exactly. And he goes to him. Yeah, exactly. And he was leaning on the bar with a drink, right? Yeah. Really sort of cool, stony-faced. And Bruce goes to him, can I ask you a question, Lewis? And he went, fire away. And he went, I heard a story. He went, that um, the, a, a fan club meeting in such and such, I can't remember it was, back in like, you know, back in the 80s, 
uh, they were having a fan club meeting at your fan club and suddenly you in full kit smashed through a sugar glass window and pulled a replica gun on everyone <laughs> do you remember it right and Lewis Collins just stared back at him the whole time he was saying it with this quizzical look in his face like what the fuck are you talking about what like why are you saying this this is such, such this is such obvious bollocks right and he just stared back at him then he left a long pause and then Bruce was like oh fuck He's going to just take the piss out of me. And then all of a sudden, a slight wry smile appeared on Lewis <laughs> Collins' face. And he went, he went, remember it? He went, three of them had to go to fucking hospital in shock. <laughs> <laughs> and then he pissed himself laughing and said, yeah, it's all true. I'd set the whole thing up with the organizers. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's fantastic. What a, ma- what a guy. Lewis Collins, what a guy. Yeah. not you say? And I felt that now that's a fucking story, right? That's a story. So is the stoat and the badger story, yeah. right? These are stories. The fucking pagan like druid wedding story with the motorized Chesterfield yeah. sofa. Bullshit. No. I'm Bullshit. not buying it. He's he does he sell this pub as a druid friendly pub? He does he advertises Big it style. as style. Go on the website, it's called the Giants Rest. It's in. called Look, look it up. It's called the Giants Rest. It's actually I can't speak highly enough of it. It's like they they treat us well. It was a lovely yeah. room we stayed in, lovely food, all of that. Do you reckon he gets but druids in though? He claims there's druids in there all the time. Yeah, but I'm there wasn't like, any where are they now? He goes, oh, it's not really druid. T- not really druid, druid season. season. Yeah. It's not druid season. Of course, it's not. I where. was gutted not to see a druid. But I will be going back. It's called the Giants Rest. It's in Wilmington in Sussex. So look it up okay. and go down there. Go down All there right. if you're interested in any yeah, druid I might watching. Do. It's quite far away, but I probably won't. But you know, um, yeah. That's, no, I that's... mean, so, um, this is a message to all the cunters. We must have some Sussex-based cunters. Yeah, tell them you mentioned. Say that we we sent them along. So if yeah, they if get you some go free there, cheesy chips. So if you go there, say that you we sent you, and then I might get a discount next time I go hiking in the area. Yeah, maybe. That's yeah. all we've got time for. Quickly before we go, um, Armadillo Master on Twitter earlier tweeted us a picture which he called Sunday Bonfires and he's got two bins that have been two metal bins that have been converted uh, and he's burning some branches in them and it's uh, it's quite a scene right so there we are and yeah. uh, our, our pal of course Lewis Clare I think it is at the at the farm in Altrincham at the farm yeah he's got a, a, a fire he's got a fire patch oh. fire area Mate, I think, I don't know if you're up for this, because you specifically said to me that when we're on our tour, off stage, you don't want any interaction with me at all. No, of course not. And that's fine. I respect that. I think that's the secret of success and longevity, is not to spend any time altogether. It's all right. I'm used to a lot of people who I work with, you know, are wary of spending too much time with me. Uh, So that's fine. I, I respect your wishes. But... When we are doing the Salford gigs or the Manchester gigs, surely you are tempted to go to the farm, to the diversified farm. Oh, of course, farm. yeah. Yeah, we might have time for that. But there's also and are we the, doing a Liverpool gig as well? Th- th- there's also the Roy the Rovers exhibition at the National Football Museum in Manchester. Oh, mate. Which these is, about things. A, is about a 15-minute walk from our Salford venue. Fuck so, you know. oh, Well, I'm definitely going to that, like yeah, that's 100%. Where we'll be. And I think that we could get a short taxi ride out to the diversified farm. Yeah, we probably will. We probably yeah. will. Right, okay. That's right, it from this episode. We'll be back with the delve into the mailbag, etc. tomorrow. 
thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.